Hi, I'm Adam Chatterley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques, and systems that will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun. And more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Today, we're talking about everyone's favorite topic to Google, as it turns out, but everyone's least favorite topic to spend time doing. And that is planning, business planning, for your beauty business. Now, the reason I think people dislike the actual practice of planning is because it it takes time or it seems to take time and people are not sure kind of where to start. And especially if you're in the midst of a busy November or a busy December, you're distracted. You're probably doing a million other things and taking that time to sit down and plan out what you're going to be doing in the new year in order to hit your goals or even what your plan should be for the new year to hit whatever goals you have seems to be maybe not the best use of time. However, I argue it's the most valuable, high leverage use of your time because if you do it properly, you only need to do it once for the whole of next year. And like I said, If you're not sure where to start, that can be a big barrier in its own right. And another reason I think people maybe get a bit disheartened with the planning when it comes to the actually doing of it is because a lot of people have tried to do it before, maybe didn't get it finished, maybe put all the hours into doing it, and it didn't really work. It failed. It didn't really make the difference that you wanted it to make. But do not worry, because over the last few years, we've perfected a method of planning for the new year for our business that we've then taught to our clients, which has worked out very well indeed. Um, And I want to share that whole process with you in this podcast episode. I want to show you how you can take just 90 minutes, even on the outside. I've even heard on the side of caution there. You can take 90 minutes following this framework to plan your best year yet and make it actually happen. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take you through this total framework, give you all of the the tips, the tricks, the ideas, everything like that. But I'm going to level that up one step further because I'm going to give you the entire playbook, the entire uh, worksheets that we use inside of my coaching programs and we use in-house as well to make this whole thing happen. So I'm going to explain the process to you and then I'm going to give you the worksheets and let you uh, actually implement this in your business. Because what I want to do is I want to make it work for you in such a way that you achieve more in your business in less time uh, than 
you're working right now with less stress, meaning that you achieve that vaunted thing that a lot of people come to me for, which is I want my business to run more successfully, i.e. I want it to make more money, but I don't want to be the one working all of the hours in it. So what we're going to do in detail, we're going to break down why planning may not have worked for you before. The mistakes that you've maybe made in a planning process that we see a lot of people make all the time that's prevented you from actually getting the result that you want. We're going to share our unique framework in full. And then, like I say, we're going to give you access to not only the worksheets. In fact, I'm going to give you access to the entire workshop where I will take you through this process in full that I've previously charged for, but I want to give it to you guys so that you have an amazing year in your business. So you're going to get the whole planning workshop so you can get this done and implemented in your business even quicker, even easier. So I hope that's okay with you. So the big idea that I want to kind of communicate to you at this stage is um, that planning, I think, is the thing that puts people off. It seems like a huge, big, overarching task that almost seems too big to comprehend, even if you had nothing else on your mind, which you clearly do at this time of the year. So instead, what I want you to do, instead of thinking of planning, I want you to think of pre-booking your year, which is why we called this training the pre-book your year workshop. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be pre-booking our year. Now, the very first thing that I want to introduce you to is a quote, a quote that's very much along the lines of a lot of other quotes about planning. However, this one, um, whether he created it or not, I'm not sure, but I remember this one from, from my high school sports teacher. Name was Mr. Geldar. I don't know why you'd be listening, Mr. Geldar, but if you are, hello. Um, But he used to say, (laughs) proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And I think that is the most honest communication of why planning is so important in your business or in life or in sport or in whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And I 100% agree with that. So thank you for that knowledge. It's probably the only thing I took away from uh, PE in school. So I do apologize for that. But the mistakes that I see people make when it comes to planning, when it comes to pre-booking their year, is first of all, they only plan forwards. And what I mean by that is they fail to look at what's happened in the past. They fail to look at what's happened recently, what hasn't yet been done, what needs to be finished, what they plan to get done this year that didn't happen for whatever reason. So actually the first step in any forward planning process is to look backwards, to look at what's happened, what's worked, what's not worked, what you can learn from. And that is step one of the process that I'll get to in a second. Now, the second mistake people make when it comes to planning is they ignore their own previous behavior. The amount of times I've seen people sit down and plan with post-it notes and colored pens and a big chart and a wall chart and everything like that. And they plan this perfectly engineered, slotted in jigsaw puzzle of a year, which looks perfect on the wall or on paper. However, we're not machines. We're going to take longer than we think to do things. We're going to not be well one day. We're going to fail to do something on time. And what happens then, if you back to back things up in your plan and you ignore the fact that you're human and you're not going to get everything done on time, if you overload your time, then that's going to cause your plan, just like your New Year's resolution to go to the gym, to fail somewhere in the middle of January. So we need to take into account our own behavior, what we've done in the past, how we know we actually work 
And we need to leverage that in there and build that into the plan in the first place so that it gives us a likelihood of creating a plan that we can actually stick to and work. Now, the third mistake people make is to reinvent the wheel. So many times when people are planning, they almost treat it like a blank slate, like they have to come up with everything new. So if we're talking about business, they have to come up with brand new promotions for the new year, brand new ways of getting clients, brand new treatments, brand new treatment menus, brand new websites, brand new marketing, brand new everything. Whereas in reality, as part of that process in terms of looking at what's happened in the past, we simply need to look at what's worked recently, what we can do more of what we can do more frequently and what things didn't work and therefore we shouldn't do more of. So we should learn from what we've done in the past and stop ourselves having to reinvent the wheel all the time because that's hard work. You can't guarantee it's always going to work. That's where the stress comes in and all of those negative things. And then finally, the final mistake that people make all the time, and I think no matter how good you get at planning, this is still something we're all guilty of. We only add tasks. We somehow sit down to plan for the new year forget that there's going to be tasks that we meant to do already or in the middle of doing still need to be done. And we simply look at new things for the new year, forgetting that we've already got things on our plate. We're already busy. You know, it's not like we're going to get to the new year and our own slate is going to be wiped clean. And suddenly we have a a whole bunch of free time available to do with whatever we want. So we've got to accept that in order to get a different result, presuming that in the new year or next year or whenever you're listening to or the next quarter, Presuming that you're looking to level up, change your circumstances, get a different result, presuming that is your outcome. Now, it stands to reason that in order to do that, and if you haven't got that already, then to get a different result, you're going to have to do different things. Now, you'll see in the workbook when you get your hands on this that there's a very simple Venn diagram in the workbook that I'll try and describe to you now just to give you this visual. Um, And essentially, it's, it's two overlapping circles. And what we want to show is wherever you are now is different to wherever you want to be. And if you kind of imagine those two points as a as a kind of X marks the spot, and then you mentally draw a circle around those two points in order to get from one to the other. There are things that you're going to need to start doing in the new circle to get to your new circumstances. But in, because you've only got a certain amount of hours in the day, If you're going to need to do new stuff to get to that new position, then you're going to have to let go of some things from where you are right now as well. So one of the key points in any planning process is you've got to figure out what are the things that you need to let go of, to stop doing, to delegate, to get rid of, to take off your plate. What are those things going to be in order to free up the time for you to do the new things that's going to help you move from wherever you are now to wherever you need to go. So if you've got the workbook in front of you, and I will give out the link for the workbook in a second, um, but if you happen to be re-listening to this episode, then you'll see that the very first page in the workbook uh, after the Venn diagram is the list of three columns. And if you just want to scribble this out on a piece of paper, go for this. There's three columns. You've got let it go, you've got keep and do more, and you've got start doing. Because inevitably, there are things that you're going to have to let go of in order to free up the time. There's going to be things that you are doing and are working for you. Maybe you've recently started doing that are making a difference in your business. Those you want to keep and you want to do more of them. But then inevitably, there's going to be some new things that you're not doing right now that's going to help you move you to where you need to be. So you need to make a list of those three things. That becomes step one in this process. 
Now, even when you've got a plan in place, there's no two ways about it. As a beauty business owner, you'll already know that running a business can feel just like plain hard work, endless to-do lists, employees to take care of, and the ever-present book stopping with you over that good old bottom line. So first of all, kudos to you. Well done. You've stuck with it. You've made it to this point. But I want to tell you about Gusto. Now, Gusto built an easier, more affordable way to manage payroll, benefits, and more. They help over 300,000 businesses by taking the pain and the work out of tasks like automated payroll tax filing, direct deposits, health insurance administration, 401k, onboarding tools, you name it, Gusto makes it easy. And they really do care about the small business owners they work with, which is why they're back supporting this podcast. Now, their support team is attentive and helpful, I know, because I checked. And since money can be a bit tight right now, they're giving you three months of access to the program for free. All you need to do is go to gusto.com, that's G-U-S-T-O dot com forward slash beauty and start setting up your business today. You'll see what I mean when you get over there. It's super easy. Again, that's three months of payroll for free at gusto.com forward slash beauty. Now, the second step in our planning process is something we call the four quadrant quick review. Now, this is the step where we start to look back a bit more in detail about what we've done in the past that we really want to take forward into our planning process. And this involves unsurprisingly, four quadrants. The first quadrant, we talk about pride and gratitude. Now, essentially, these are the wins. These are the wins that we've had over the past 12 to 18 months that we want to recognize, celebrate, and potentially recreate as well. So we note all those down, and we also note down why those wins have been important to us, because evidence has shown, science has shown, that if we understand and embody the why of why something's important to us, we're more likely to want to achieve that thing again and put the work in to do so. So first, we look at the wins. Second, not surprisingly, we look at the growth or the lessons that we have learned over the past 12 to 18 months. Because in those lessons are kind of the gold. There is the things that we tried and worked, the things that we tried and kind of worked, and the things that we tried and didn't work. Now, obviously, We want to minimize the things that we've tried and didn't work. So we don't want to, again, be reinventing that wheel. So we want to look at the things that didn't work. We want to make sure we don't do those things again. We want to look at the things that did work. And we want to ask ourselves, how can I do those better? How can I do more of those? How can I do that more often? And then in the middle, we want to look at the things that kind of worked. We want to look at those and go, well, what didn't we do when we were doing that, that if we had done would make that thing a success? Or What do we need to do differently in there to potentially make it a success? Those are the things that we need to try this year with a different spin on them to see if we can make those things work again. So those are the lessons that we want to take away from the previous year. That way, we're not reinventing the wheel, we're making our lives easier, not making the same mistakes, but potentially leveraging the things that we already know work. Now, the third quadrant in our quick review is the incompletes, okay? These are the things that are still outstanding from this year's plan, or the things that you know you need to do, but haven't got done yet. And this addresses that kind of blank slate problem. We don't suddenly hit a new year and everything's wiped clean. We've still got stuff that we need to do. Now, this is where you need to make a list of all of those things, acknowledge them, recognize them, and then apply what we call the three Ds. Now, this is do, delegate, or delete. 
So everything on that list of incompletes, you now need to go down that list and decide, right, is that something that I absolutely have to get done? In which case you put a do next to it. If it's something that needs to get done, but doesn't necessarily need to be done by you, can you delegate that thing? Can you get it off your plate? And then finally, is this something that even needs doing anymore? Has it become irrelevant? Is it not important? Was it something you were supposed to do right back at the beginning of the year that now doesn't make any sense to still have on your plate? If so, delete it. Now, even with the deletes, there might be someone that you need to let know that you're no longer doing this thing. So make sure you take any actions there. If you're delegating something, make sure you take any actions in terms of those. And if you need to get something done, you need to obviously get that done. But what we do is we focus those three tasks over the first 30 days of the year. Because what you want to do is get those things out of your way, off your plate, so you can focus on the year as much as possible for as long as possible. So that becomes your target. Do delegate, delete, and get all of those things off your plate in the first 30 days of the new year. But now you've got a very clear list of the things you need to let go of, the things you want to do more of, and the things you need to start doing. Plus, you've learned from your wins in the past, your growth and your lessons, the incompletes, and finally, your aspirations. Now, this is the bit where you actually want to talk about your strategic goals. This is section four of the four quadrant quick review. So this is where you need to note down what do you actually want next year to bring you, not just in business. And this is really important because there may be things that you want to achieve in your life that will have an impact on your business. And either your business needs to change to accommodate those things, or maybe your business needs to grow in order to allow you to do those things. So write down all of your aspirations. That's why we call them aspirations, because people tend to think only business focused in terms of goals. So all of your aspirations, write those down in the fourth quadrant. This creates the very focused list of things that we want to happen next year so we can now make the plans to make sure that does happen. Now, an interesting point I come to when we talk about those aspirations, those strategic goals, sometimes when I do this process, people haven't yet got clear on what those strategic goals those aspirations, what they actually want from next year. And I find this happens a lot of the time with business owners who are kind of so stuck in the day-to-day of their business, they haven't really kind of allowed themselves that time to look at what they really want. Maybe they've grown their business to such a point or they've had to focus so much on their business this year, they've not even kind of come up for air in terms of figuring out what it is that they want from the future. And that's really dangerous because otherwise you just kind of stay on that same hamster wheel. You just keep doing the same things and you never kind of look up to be like, okay, well, A, I've got to where I wanted to get to by this point. Where do I want to go next? Or B, this is not where I wanted to be. I wanted to be somewhere else. So let's change that direction. Let's go there instead. So if that's the case with you, if you're either not sure what your goals should be, stuck in a rut, not quite sure where to go next, we've created a sheet called the Buried Goals Map. And what this does, it's really clever. It's a an exercise that will ask you a number of questions to uncover, or we call it the buried goals, to uncover those goals in your own mind so that you can decide what are the things that you want to do. At the end of that exercise, you'll have that important to you, genuine list of strategic goals that you want to achieve over the next 12 months to three years in your life that we can start to address. Okay, so At this point, we've now got various learnings from our past. We know what we need to stop doing and start doing. We know what things we want to achieve next year. Now we need to start quantifying those things into where they fit into our overall plan. 
And this is the point where I need to talk to you about rocks. Now, you may have heard of a book by Stephen Covey called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. In that book, and maybe in others as well, he talks about tasks and projects being a lot like rocks of different sizes. And then he likens the amount of time you have available in you, in your daily life, including sleeping, to a fixed size jar, let's say a glass jar. Okay, so you've got these tasks or these rocks of various different sizes, depending on how big that particular task is. And a finite amount of time that you've got to fit them all into our glass jar of time. Now, what he argues that people tend to do is we tend to put all the very small rocks or the gravel into the jar first, because those tasks tend to be the the urgent things, the email asking us for something, the quick tasks that we can tick off our to do list on a daily basis and sort of get that adrenaline rush or that endorphin rush of feeling good because we've ticked a bunch of things off our list. Now, if you put those things in your jar first, they sort of settle to the bottom. Obviously, then people then put in the next level up of task, which are the slightly bigger rocks or the pebbles. So you put all those things in, they're the slightly bigger tasks, they're the things that that start to actually make a difference in some way. And then finally, the really big rocks, the big tasks, the big needle moving, huge life goals that they want to achieve they then put those in last. But the problem is because all those other rocks have settled to the bottom of that jar, there's no longer any room left to put those big tasks in. So they don't get done. So he argues the correct way to do this is to put those big rocks in first, then to put the pebbles into that jar, then to put the gravel in. And what happens is the gravel and those smaller rocks find all the gaps in that time, in your finite jar of time, and it allows you to actually get everything done in your life. Now, this is a great theoretical model, and I hope I explain that so that it makes sense. However, I was sceptical. So I actually did a real-life experiment with this. You can see a picture of that if you download the workbook as well. And it is true. It's absolutely true. If you take the same amount of gravel and the same amount of small rocks and the same amount of big rocks and you put them in the wrong order, they won't fit in. The correct order, they will fit into the jar. So that's the kind of process that Stephen Covey describes in his book that we've kind of adopted here and taken to its next logical level. So first of all, we need to identify what those big rocks are. And largely, they're going to be linked to the aspirations, those strategic goals that we just uncovered on the previous worksheet. So we look at which ones are most important to us, which ones are really going to make the difference in our lives that we really want. We identify those big rocks. Now, Given the world that I tend to come from and the people I tend to work with, these tend to focus around revenue goals, client goals, days off, holidays, that kind of thing. Those are the most important things probably to your business and in your life that's going to enable you to do many other things that you want to do. So we very clearly identify what those things are and then we identify where we are right now in terms of those goals, where we want to be instead. We set very, very clear goals of where we are and where we want to be by the end of this year. That helps anchor the work that we need to do over the period of time. Then we need to look at what we call our key money makers. Now, again, these are the things that we've already identified that worked well or almost worked well in the past over the past 12 months in our business. We want to look at all those things and we want to note those down and we want to go, okay, these are our key money makers. We know these work. We know these promotions, these events, these treatments, these products, these packages, these solutions. We know these work. We now need to do more of them. So how can we do them more often? How can we do them bigger? How can we do them better? 
So we identify those things and that becomes our next process. After that, we want to identify our small rocks. Now, our small rocks tend to be things like our holidays, the holidays that we want to have, um, other commitments that we want to make, um, our deliverables, the individual tasks that are going to help us achieve those big rocks that we have, because there's always going to be steps along the way to achieve those big rock numbers or those big rock goals that we have. And it's important to put these things down, particularly holidays. I always want to start with holidays here because if you don't identify them in the first place, and if you don't put them in in the first place, guess what goes to the bottom of the list? Guess what doesn't get done? Guess what doesn't fit in the jar? It's the time for you. Everything else gets done, maybe, but you're the one who loses out. So I want you to put those front and center at the top of your small rocks um, sheet of your holidays. And we haven't get clearer on this as well. We even take that that step of identifying your why and apply this here. So we not only kind of theoretically think about the holidays, we actually think, okay, well, how many holidays do I want? How long for? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And who do I want to go with? Because the more they become real in your mind, the more likely they are to happen. So we really get deep on the holidays. Then we identify the other things as well, as you'll see on the worksheet when you get hold of it. Now, then the next page we have is what we call the gravel grid. Now, the gravel grid is all of those other tasks, often daily tasks that you have to get done, but are the things you tend to kind of squeeze in around lots of other bits and pieces, which in one way is the right way to do it. But if we identify those in advance, we can actually plan them in, make sure we've accounted for them properly. And this is where the reduced stress bit comes in, because if we know we're going to have to do these things. If we identify these in advance and plan them in, they become less of a stress on our daily lives as we go. So this is things like learning, development, training, birthdays, um, time for family, time for self-care, even you know the fact that you're going to need a couple of haircuts in the year. We may as well actually acknowledge that and put those into this plan as well. So now we've identified our big rocks, our key money makers, our small rocks and our gravel grid. Now we get to do the fun bit. Now we get to plan all this in in the year. Now, once you get the worksheets, you will see this, but we have a series of very simple annual planners. They're kind of like a big wall planner, but kind of scaled down to fit on a single page. Now, the reason we've got three of these is because you're going to do a couple of different versions. And the first one we're going to do is what we call our messy first draft. It's designed to be quick. It's designed to show us the roadblocks and the issues and the problems, but we've got to get things in there and we've got to start somewhere. This is where it speeds up the whole process because we give ourselves permission for this to be messy, for this to be bad, for this not to be right. Okay. So first of all, we do, we take our big rocks, our small rocks and our gravel, and we simply start trying to fit those into the year. Now you start with your big rocks, you decide where those are going to happen what's going to focus towards those, where those deliverables are going to be. Then you move on to the small rocks. You start to plan those in, in terms of how long you think they're going to take, where they should appear in the year, all those kind of things. And then you also try and add the gravel in, the daily tasks, the small bits and pieces. Now, what's going to happen here inevitably is you're going to run into the roadblocks. You're going to realize that you can't go on holiday at that particular time of the year, because that's the particular time of the year when you need to be doing your big spring event, which you've identified as one of your key moneymakers. So you need to move the holiday or you need to move the key moneymaker. Which one is easiest to move, which one has least impact. So that's why we do our quick first draft, because we know it's going to be wrong. We know we're going to make mistakes. But the idea is you get it roughly to where you need it to be very, very quickly. So as long as you've got the big rocks, the small rocks, and some of the gravel identified in there, and you at least know that it fits, 
then you can move on to the next stage, which is where we play the yes-no game. I'm not sure if you remember playing the yes or no game. This is a really simple version. We ask ourselves two questions whilst looking at the plan that you've just laid out. First question is, is this something I want to do? And the kind of subtext question behind this is, if I run this plan, will it kill me? Is this doable? Is this achievable? Am I going to hate my year if I make this happen? If the answer to that question is, yes, this is something I want to do. Yes, this is something that might be hard, but achievable. Then you can move on to the second question. If the answer to question number one is no, is I don't want to do this. This is not something I want to do and it may well kill me. Then you need to go back. You need to clear some of the rocks off of your plate. Those are not achievable in this amount of time. You need to lighten your own load. Maybe there's more things that you need to get rid of that you hadn't noted down. But if you did answer yes to the first question, you can move on to question number two, which is, is this something that will help me achieve my goals? You've now got a very clear list of your goals. So you simply look at this plan and identify and answer honestly. And you can only say yes or no. Can't be a maybe. Answer honestly, is this something that will help me achieve the goals that I laid out? Do I get what I want from my fourth stage of my four quadrant review if I run this plan as far as I can tell? If the answer to that is yes, then you can move on to the next step, which is where you replan your year on the second page based on what you've done and it starts to get neatened up. Now, most people manage to nail this on the second plan. However, Some people take a third plan to really neaten up, which is why we've put three versions of of it in the workbook. But what this does, simply asking these two questions, is it saves you additional planning time. Because we've just done a quick, messy first draft to start with, it's not taken us a lot of time to do this. By this point in this whole process, you've probably committed maybe 40 minutes max. But at this point, you can identify whether this is even a plan that you should keep running with, or there's additional work to be done before you get focused. So you go back if you need to, and you reevaluate things, and then you come back again, you lock it in in terms of the dates, you neaten it all up, and now you've got a plan, a simple plan with identified rocks, identified tasks, identified goals on there, identified timeframes that you can start to actually work based on your own previous behavior, how much time you actually have in a day, whether or not it's actually going to help you achieve your goals. And then you do two next steps. Uh, we call it drive the train. Okay. Now the analogy here is the fact that if you create this plan, and this is a plan that should really live on your wall, somewhere you can see all the time, doing a plan, sticking it in a cupboard and never looking at it again is part of the reason why planning fails for a lot of people. You need to be looking at this plan all the time to keep it consciously in your mind so you can actually stick to it and potentially adjust where as you go. However, you want to think of it more like driving a train than driving a car. When you drive a car, you can take all kinds of shortcuts that you want that may or may not turn out to be shortcuts. You can go detours, you can get lost, you can hit roadblocks, you can hit roadworks, you can get held up, all sorts of different things. However, when you're driving a train, generally speaking, you're on the tracks, you're going from one point to another. You can make diversions, but those diversions can only be made with pre-planning, with um, thought process in advance. So you're not driving a car, you're driving a train. This analogy makes a whole lot more sense when you actually watch the training. Now, I get it. That is a huge amount to take in in a short period of time over an audio podcast like this. However, my goal here was to give you the process to share with you how it works 
to get you intrigued and hopefully interested enough in taking that 90 minutes to spend with me to actually put this in place with you. So I don't expect you to have internalized every single step here. And like I said, I've made a workshop, it's a recording of the workshop that I did with uh, a few clients at the beginning of the year. Um, I've updated it for 2024, obviously, um, but I've made it for you and I'm going to make the whole thing available to you in detail, plus give you the entire workbook for free. You don't even need to sign in or anything. All I need you to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash planning. That's beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash planning. All in word, P-L-A-N-N-I-N-G. That will give you the training straight away. There's a button on there, click it and download the workbook and we'll literally plan out your entire next year together. Okay, so here's what I want you to remember from this episode. First of all, thanks to my high school PE teacher, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. That's a phrase I hope that starts to catch on as a hashtag and I see that all around the world. Um, It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. It certainly doesn't have to take ages. Like I said, this will take you 60 to 90 minutes and it will guarantee you your best year yet. If you keep it simple, you take account of all the steps and you keep it in mind to put it on your wall and make sure you keep looking at it next year. But it will make you more money. It will reduce your stress levels and it will deliver you more time back. So if you want to get the training and the worksheets, all you need to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash planning, download that workbook, watch the workshop and get it done. Now coming up next week, we've got something really exciting for you. Um, AI or artificial intelligence has been something that has been on people's lips now for probably at least the last 12 months because of ChatGPT and various other AI tools that are becoming much more mainstream these days. Now, most of us, if you've experienced any kind of AI, it's been in terms of marketing. It's been in terms of having AI tools to help us write words more easily and things like that. Now, I've been on the lookout for AI tools that are sort of Next level beyond that, genuine AI tools that can be applied into a beauty business, a skin clinic business that will help you actually do the job that you want to do, help you help more clients, help you make more money, help you save the time. All of the three key things that people come to me for. And after some disappointing attempts, I have found something quite literally revolutionary, almost the closest thing to magic that I have seen in a long time. And I've secured an interview with this inventor of this solution. I'm not going to tell you too much just now. And that's who we're going to be talking about next week on the podcast. It's something you really, really don't want to miss. If you in any way, in any way, deal with skin when it comes to your clients. So whether you're in skincare, whether you do facials, anything like that, you're definitely going to want to check out this podcast. You will not believe what this can do. So that's next episode. Check that out. I look forward to seeing you then. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.